Welcome back, everyone, to another bonus episode of Drunk Bible Study. So we had a lot to unpack here in this episode, um, and I wanted to start with something that happened like in 24-1, so right (laughs) off the bat in the first section, they talked about uh, the uncleanliness. Well, uncleanliness is how these people say it, but what was it? Unseemly thing in ours. So this was the man the taking phrase... a wife and then finding an unseemly thing, right? Yes, exactly. Within her. So this talks about what what some people think that it is, is that it's sexual immorality, um, which is interesting. Of course, I mean, that makes sense that I guess, yeah, again, she's not a virgin or whatever. I don't know. I, again, I don't even know how these people are can tell that they're not virgins or not. Who the heck knows? <laughs> um we're we're not exactly sure, but it's essentially saying that if this happens, if you find some sort of uncleanliness or unseemly thing in her, then you must divorce the wife. So I'm assuming this comes up with, with the stuff that you talked about or what that you were looking up, Jace. But I was surprised by that. It was saying basically like there are not any any other options except for divorce. Right. Like it's so, not a, it's not you can divorce her, but you have to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I so, found some similar things, too, yeah, when I was looking this up. Okay, yeah, well, do you want to go on to that? Well, I guess just just real quick, related to that, the thing I found that was interesting is that um, someone on the Hermeneutics Stack Exchange, which mm-hmm. is a fascinating quarter of the internet that is really, really interesting, actually, um, but basically what, uh, what one of these people is making the... the is basically giving the explanation that when people try to look at this verse and try to decipher what it's saying mm-hmm. about like the reasons why you can get divorced, yeah. that it's actually clarifying like this verse is not about the reason for getting divorced. That's just the setup for explaining then what happens next. And that actually there's no records of the divorce law that exists today. Like, so we don't well, actually know that. Interesting. Yeah. And I guess I I wanted to say just like as a last little thing here that scholars seem to be not really sure what this means. Like they mean like, yes, it might be sexual infidelity or something along those lines, but they're not 100 percent certain of what it actually means. And there is some discrepancy here. So it might just be like shame or. I don't know, like like that she actually has uncleanliness in some way, you know, because there's a million different ways in which one can be unclean. On this hermeneutic stack exchange, one of the people points yeah. out the the Hebrew words that are used in both. Exactly. Oh, you're literally looking up the thing that I looked up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually we sort of I sort of accidentally saw that when I was looking for something. Okay. Else. Okay. Yeah. But was talking right, well, about the please. the difference between the words used specifically for sexual infidelity versus in this case, it's words that are also used for that same uncleanness that had to do with burying your poop in the last episode. Oh, yeah. Right. I forgot about yeah. the poop burying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very important. Right. So that so this person's making the case that like, well, they're not using the word they normally use for sexual infidelity. So this is maybe more of a general sense and we don't really know what it applies to. How would they know about that with her though? I don't, Whether I don't know. She buried your poop. She didn't bury her poop. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. How dare she? Um, oh, yeah, but, but it is interesting, though, that like that I, I didn't realize that, that there's not an actual record of the divorce law 
from these times that exists today, but more like some references to it, to the fact that you could do it, which is interesting. Uh, you know, that just the fact that they could get divorced, but we don't really know the specifics of how and whatever. And, and the other case for it not being infidelity is that we already have a couple different places where we've talked about where, this. Yeah, exactly. Right. There's the radioactive dust water. And then there's also more recently the thing of like, if she's not a virgin, you know, that, that we kill her or you have to pay a fine if it proves that she was. Like we've kind of already got stuff in place. So then there must be other reasons for getting divorced. I don't know, but it's weird. Like we don't really know what those are. That is fascinating. So what did you find, Dedeker? Okay. So y'all want to know about shoes and sandals being taken off of feet? Sure. <laughs> yes. It is fascinating. Let me tell you. Okay. So first and foremost, primary theory. Well, okay. I will say the more Christian viewpoint theory is that this whole shoe thing is that this specifically is basically absolving the man of any rights to his brother's uh, like property or inheritance or things like that. So like not oh, only okay, is the shoes yeah, not only is he forfeiting his right to marry this woman, but it's also any access to any of his property that That's she would interesting. Gotten, hmm. essentially. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. And definitely a lot of people saying that this would have intentionally was supposed to be a very humiliating mm. thing, you know, because it's supposed to really highlight this person as, you know, a person who's not going to take responsibility and maybe even right. he might even be broke now because he's giving up like money that would have been part of his brother's wow. inheritance or yeah. whatever. Now where it actually gets fascinating is when you actually get into like rabbinical law and the Talmud and stuff like that. Um, so this ceremony has a specific name. It's called the, the Halaza or the Halitza. Okay. Uh, whichever you will. And so a couple different purposes to this ceremony, one of them being some people saying, you know, some people make the case, yeah, it's supposed to be about shame and public humiliation. Other people are saying like, no, it's just about some kind of official way to make it so that the widow can then be free to marry someone else. Essentially, that's it. It's just about, that's all it is. We're just officiating that so that then she's free to kind of move on with her life and not have to marry the brother. Now, there's an entire Wikipedia page just on this ceremony wow. specifically. Wow. Yeah. And so, like, the actual ceremony that's laid out in the Talmud is much more specific of, like, these are the people who have to be there to witness it. This is the time of day it has to happen. They actually use a special shoe. It's, <laughs> it's not just, like, whatever shoe you happen to be wearing. They use a special wow. shoe. Uh, and it has to be on your dominant okay. foot, you know. Very important. And okay. so... Basically, he, the, the brother who doesn't want to marry his brother's wife, has to put on the shoe. He has to walk four cubits in the presence of the judges. So it's like he's got to actually walk around mm -hmm. in the shoe. And then there's some kind of like call and response style dialogue about him saying that he doesn't want this woman. <laughs> no and woman. Her saying, yeah, no this cry. Yeah, this person's... So, I'm sorry. I <laughs> couldn't, I like couldn't resist. <laughs> um... <laughs> And uh, then she has to take the shoe also in her dominant hand and like take it off his foot and then throw it. Actually, <laughs> she throws it away. And this is amazing. Spits on the ground, spits on the ground. And there's, you know, lots of like kind of, you know, set dialogue for what you say. That's very official and, and structured and, and stuff like that. And then after that, then it's like, okay, great. Now we part ways and we don't have to worry about it. Now here's, oh, and it even goes on to like, there's evidence that, um, 
in ancient marriages, sometimes this would be written into a marriage contract. Jeez. Where um, you might write you might write into a marriage contract that like like the brother of the groom might sign the marriage contract signifying that he is automatically going to do chalitza, like automatically going to release his brother's wife into freedom because yeah. I guess apparently a problem that would happen is that sometimes people would extort their brother's wives for money, Why? essentially, where it would be like, fine, I'll let you marry whoever you want or I'll let you go free, but you need to give me all of like, my- the money that you would have Jeez. inherited from my brother first oh, right. and then yeah. I'll let you okay. go. Yeah. Yikes. And so basically apparently over time it came to be that um, rather than a wife just automatically being married to her husband's brother be, being the norm that actually the rabbis kind of preferred doing the halitza just to kind of, I guess, have a clean break or okay. whatever. Um, so now here's the real coconuts thing. This still happens what? Oh, to this day. In It is... Yeah, okay, it is very, very rare. Countries? There, it's very, very rare. They they theorize that this probably happens one or two times per year in America and that there's probably 10 to 20 ceremonies per year in wow. Israel. And I this led me down a rabbit hole where I actually found a news article from 2010, kind of like a human interest piece, um, interviewing a woman who had to go through this Gracious. ritual, the Halitza ritual. Yeah, because she was like Orthodox Jewish living in Israel. Her husband died in a car accident. And then she met another man, got engaged to this other man. And then they had to like register with the Ribbonate, you know, which is like the government agency in Israel that grants like Jewish marriage permits. And they checked and they were like, no, you need to do this ceremony because otherwise you're not going to be able to marry again. Ever. They're like, Like, um, are you serious? Yeah. What? And so I just want to, I just, they had some quotes, like, like, like she did this ceremony with her brother-in-law or former brother-in-law or whatever. And she just says, it was humiliating for me. And it was humiliating oh, for my brother-in-law. Gosh. It's like, it was like something out of a biblical play. Only we were forced to do it in the 21st wow, century. I can imagine. Wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yes. But they were straight up like, no, we can't give you a marriage license unless you wow. do this. Um, And then. Here's the other not so thing is there's another example that they talk about of when this happened, where again, this woman, this woman's, uh, it was a 60 year old woman. Her first husband had died 40 years ago. She got married again. She also got divorced again. But then the third time when she goes to the, the rabbis, then the registrar noticed like, Oh, you never did the halitza ceremony. And so unless you do it, I can't marry you again. So we need to find your brother's husband, your first husband's brother. Okay. And uh, when they find the brother, it turns out he was diabetic and his legs had been amputated. They're like, well, we can't do that because you need to have a shoe to take off. And so if we can't do the halitza, then you're just stuck. But apparently the way that they got out of the situation is the rabbi determined that this brother-in-law, I don't know how he determined this, but uh, determined that he was impotent and therefore could not fulfill like his obligations to fulfill the marriage. And so he was not... But she, yeah, had, and so and she was like probably nuts. post-menopause at that point anyways. The whole thing's ridiculous, yeah. Wow. Yes, but, yes. We, but we still got to follow uh, the rules. That's yeah. a lot. Oh my goodness. Boy. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Um, I know, wow. right? So it still does happen even to this day. Just very, very rarely, but it does happen. Like, I guess there are some certain, like, Orthodox Jewish government agencies that government are like, no, <laughs> we got we to do this if you're going to get remarried. Wow. Well, I've... I found out who the Syrian was. Oh, who was it? Oh, 
Who's the serious? It's Jacob. Jacob! Yeah. Um, So yeah, he was thought to born. He was thought to be born in Canaan. His mother was a Syrian, and his grandfather Mm. Abraham was out of Chalda, a part of Syria. Wait, does oh wait? So does that does that mean what was it? Sarah, Abraham, Sarah was Abraham's wife, and so and Sarah was Jake. No, 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 Rebecca. Rebecca was Jacob's mom. It was Rebecca oh, and Isaac. Wait, but this is grandfather Abram, Abraham. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah, his grandfather Abraham was out of yes. a part of Syria, and Jacob married two wives in Syria, and all his children were born there, but Benjamin, and where he lived 20 years, and sometimes persons are dem, deno denominated denominated, denominated uh-huh. as <laughs> denominated as from the place of their birth so huh. from the place of their dwelling Ooh, as christ was called okay. nazarene from nazareth where he dwelt though right. he was born in bethlehem blah 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 blah. wow that's cool okay, okay. and yeah no that holds up that rebecca rebecca was from go. syria yeah that they're very specific well, wow, wow okay that's super okay, cool. Okay, so there I'm we go. We, yeah, all Changes the mysteries everything. have been solved. We figured <laughs> yeah. out the shoes. Jacob was a Syrian. Perfect. We figured out the Syrian. Love there it. Uh, we, we don't know how we can get divorced, but but we do know what happens afterward. Yeah. But that's okay. They figure it out. Yeah. Wow. This is just a lot of bonkers stuff, yeah. isn't it? It really I, is. I can't wait till we get to the epic songs. Yeah, epic song. Oh, Super excited. And that's in Deuteronomy? Yeah, yeah. It's, Moses, I think, actually might even sing a couple songs. Or maybe like one song and one oh poem. Gosh. Or oh, sort of a concert. Like a whole, yeah, sort like, of a rock rock retirement opera? concert. Yeah. <laughs> rock opera? I love it. A recital, perhaps? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Perfect, a recital. <laughs> My last act on this yeah. earth is a recital. Yeah. There you go. Wow. <laughs> All righty. All right. Wow. Thank you. Uh, thank you to the two of you for yeah. teaching me these fascinating Likewise. things. And yeah, we want to know what y'all think. Let us know. Go join our Facebook group, Drunk Bible Study Fans and Fellowship. Let us know what you think about all this stuff and we will see you around there.